Abba Yahweh, bless this day, Father God, another day that you have graced me with. Bless me in blessing these others, Father, as your conduit. I, the blessings flow to me as they flow outward from your treasury, Father God, that I share your treasure with these brothers and sisters, Father God, and that blessing just overflows onto me. Thank you, Father God, for this opportunity. Great is thy faithfulness, Father. Great is thy faithfulness. Thank you for this day, this opportunity. And Father God, any that would have ears to hear, let them hear. To accept, believe, obey, and have faith, Father. Abba Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Baraklitos Aman. Brothers and sisters, this day, a new day that the Lord has made. You know, yeah, I talk about some dark stuff. But you know what? Here's the thing. And I'll remind you again. It's truth. I share truth. I don't share candy-coated gospel with anybody. And any church that does is testifying of false doctrine, false teaching. And anyone that candy-coats the truth in order that they can sidestep and that they could be, <laughs> quote-unquote, politically correct is also a liar. And yes, I will tell them to their face. And the Bible says that. If you do not teach the truth, you do not teach the word of God as the word of God is written and speaks of, then you are a liar, you a false teacher, you are a, a hypocrite. And the Bible is very explicit, very clear on that. We must, we are called to share the gospel of God the Father first, as Jesus Christ was trying to do, and the Sanhedrin didn't want to hear it. They were teaching falsely. And you remember what they were called. They were called, a, they were called vipers. And that hurt them because, you know, vipers all live in a hole and they have their, and they, they didn't like being called that. They didn't like the fact that they were likened as to snakes and probably really irritated them because if they were the scholars of Scripture that they claimed they were, they would know that serpents are likened unto the devil crawling and slithering around on their belly. So they didn't like that a whole lot. But, but I'm telling you this, brothers and sisters, that those that teach anything other than the truth and they tried to bend and amend and apologize for the gospel of God the Father and Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, are liars and false teachers. We must not candy coat the gospel. This is where the strength of the Christian has gone to in being watered down, diluted, and polluted by false teachings and false doctrines and false testimony. The testimony of God the Father deserves only the truth. The testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ deserves only the truth. Brothers and sisters, we've talked about friends and how loose and easily those of mammon will call someone their friend. Oh yeah, I called my friend the other day and we're gonna go out here and do some fishing. I, I'm not gonna be at church. Hmm, 
interesting. And how long have you known that person? Oh, we just met over at work and yeah, we became good friends. Good friends. Okay, let me ask you this. If your boat breaks down, will that good friend come and help you rebuild the motor? Will that good friend put money? You know, I I get into this because I've heard this term used so often. Oh, yeah, we're friends. We're friends. But yet when you call on these friends, air quotes, and I hate those things. But when you call on these friends, they always have some reason that they can't be somewhere or they can't do something for you when you need them to. So remember what I said that true friends will give you the shirt off their back. And if you are a true friend, you won't ask it unless you really need it. So unless you really need the help, you're not going to ask for it. But you have a certain person that you know that if you do, you'll get it. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. I had some individuals that we became very good acquaintances. But then I learned that they were more than acquaintances, friends, real, true friends. And now we're at such a great distance that we don't contact. But when we do, it's it's there. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. They responded as friends, not as acquaintances. And so many use this term loosely, friends, and our friendship. But yet when you turn to them and you need something as a friend would do... They have a reason not to do it, or they have an excuse not to be there. Let me share this with you, okay? God desires the relationship of friendship with each and every one of us. And if you call someone up and you say, hey, you know, Bob, John, Robert, whatever the name, it doesn't make any difference. Jane, Judy, Sally, Susan, you know, I need you to... Well, you know... I I can't really get over there, um, but if you meet me halfway or if you are in need in something else, there's always a reason or they can meet you partly. They can't do it wholly. But here's the thing about God, our Father, our Creator, and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit our friends, our spiritual friends, they will not go halfway. They will go all the way. And I love the song, The Rescue. It's a beautiful song. It's a wonderful song. And it reminds, and every time when I hear it, I cry. I can't help it because it's so powerful. God promises to be with us, first of all, whithersoever we go. There are friends that won't do that. Oh, you know what? I can't make it. I can't go with you. But you know what? I'll be thinking about you. Yeah, okay, thanks. God is with us whithersoever we go. It doesn't matter what we're going through, where we're going through it at, that God is with us. And he promises, just like when Jesus was teaching about the good shepherd. Brothers and sisters, if you don't get that parable, it's a, it's him 
He is the good shepherd, and he will leave the 99 to come looking for the one. Who is that one? You, if you're lost and you haven't accepted that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and God the Father is your creator, and have faith in him. And have the promise of the Holy Spirit coming to guide your steps. That is Jesus Christ. He will leave the 99 and come to find the one. No matter where, how dark, how long it takes, he will come. He's promised that. And he does. He keeps his word. There are those that people call friends here on this face of this planetary existence one. They couldn't keep a promise if it was meant to save their life. And they use that term just as well as other members of Mammon do. They call people, uh, others of the homo sapien race, friends, and they don't know them all that way. Oh yeah, that's a friend of mine. And then that friend wouldn't show up to help if their life depended on it. They wouldn't make it. Always have an excuse. God never makes excuses. He doesn't accuse. He doesn't condemn. He forgives. He forgets. And he loves us deeply and has promised that he will leave the 99 to come to search for the one. If you're that one, he's coming. It doesn't matter the deepest, darkest night. It doesn't matter the deepest, darkest fight. He is there to come and stand by you, by your side. He also promises not to leave nor forsake. What does that mean? Okay, let's explore that a little bit. Let's break that down. First of all, if you're walking with somebody and then you take a detour, you go over, you see another shop you went to, a coffee shop or whatever, and you take a turn, you go up the side street, you've left the person that you're walking with and they stop and they're looking around, you show up and you have not one cup of coffee, but you have two because you know what that person's favorite beverage might be. Or you bring one and offer it. Okay, you left them, but you came back. God doesn't even do that. He won't leave you. He doesn't leave your side. Forsaking is when you go into a fray. You go right smack in the middle of something. It's a, not a good thing. It's not a... And you might possibly get an injury or something is going on and God will not leave your side. Stakes by you, stays with you, is there in the midst, middle of thick and thin. It doesn't go. Then you have others that are of mammon and you look around when you need them the most, not to be found. Where'd Bob, John, Mary, Sue, where'd, where'd you go? And you look around and, and then if you have an occasion to converse with them, if you do again, where'd you go, man? That was nasty. I really needed you to pull me out of there. Oh, uh, man, that, no, I couldn't stay. I was, that was just too nasty, man. I, I'm glad you're okay, though. Yeah, right, and that's a friend. And yet there are those that walk about this plane of existence that have quote, unquote, friends that are exactly that way. They will leave and and get their cup and won't even bring a cup back. 
they just go and get their own. They're, they're concerned with themselves. And when you get in the middle of a fray of, of whether it's directed at you or you just happen to get caught in it, and then they disappear for self-preservation. It's all about self. This is what we need to leave behind, brothers and sisters. We need to lay that down. We need to lay it down and let go. I'm going to read back in the book of Genesis. We're going to go back a ways. This is um, Noah's... Let me see here. Let me get the count right. One, two, three, four... Yeah, okay. So it's Noah's four-time great-grandpa, Enoch. Who was Enoch? Enoch was a friend of God's. Enoch would walk and talk with God and he he loved God. And it says that Enoch in uh, Genesis 5, chapter 21, Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. We know who Methuselah was, the oldest man that lived in the Bible. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Methu- Enoch did not know death as we know of death, the physicality of death. He didn't know it. Why? Because he walked with God and God said, hey, Enoch, it's time you've had a good time with me, a good walk with me. You have some great kids and uh, it's time to go. And Enoch just walked into heaven. He just walked with God and walked right into heaven. Enoch was God's friend. God really wants to be our friend. We need to learn to accept that. And I want to share something here too. This is... uh, an important aspect that we have in this realm that we are in and we need to consider this because it's true, brothers and sisters. <coughs> it's very true. Um, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 13. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. For thereby some have entertained angels unawares. What does that mean, entertain? Does that mean that you uh, take them out and you party and things like this? And It doesn't necessarily mean that, brothers and sisters. Entertain means that if a stranger comes and they need something and they ask for something, they ask for help or... Um, or if they ask for a little bit, are you going to just 
turn them abruptly aside. One thing that I've learned to do, and, and as an alcoholic, because I did take myself down that path, by the way. Oh, that's something I haven't shared with you yet. Well, let me share it with you right quick now. Is that I took myself down that path. Um, when I got out of the military and circumstances and things like that, I chose rather than going to the drugs, which is foolish because alcohol and its content, it is a drug in, in and of itself. So anyway, I chose to go that path and I used to dive to the bottom of the bottle. I stayed in the bottom of the bottle and that was where I resided, um, you know, and I would get drunk just to get drunk. Um, I was... I was an okay drunk if I was around people that I felt comfortable with, but sometimes I became obnoxious. And what I sought to do, because I believed the lies, I believed what I was being told, I would believe the word of mammon, and I was not the man of God that I was supposed to be. So I looked for to be punished. And the punishment that I looked for was somebody to just trounce the living snot out of me. And, well, uh, I was unsuccessful. However... <laughs> However, the circumstances that I walked into and allowed to happen and uh, because of foolishness like that, I live in the consequences that I have to survive in because of that. But here's the thing that God never left me. He didn't leave me. Even when he saw how foolish, egregious some of my activities were, He didn't walk away. He didn't point his finger and he didn't condemn me. He just waited for me to turn back around and see him again. And that's what happens to every one of us, brothers and sisters. When we claim that God leaves and he goes, that's not God leaving. That's us turning our back and we just don't see him anymore, which is what happened in this nation. In this nation, we as a people, not all of us, but I'll say it uh, as a generalized statement, have turned our backs on God. And as I shared already, that there are many that are walking within the body that are doing that. They're walking away. They're just giving up their faith. They're shrugging their shoulders. They're becoming very complacent. They're becoming uh, bored like a Christianity. True Christianity is supposed to be some kind of a a Disney thrill ride and because it's not they just walk away or that they've been in it for so long and God hasn't met their timetable so they walk away whatever the reason is but we do not judge them either we pray for them that they would return and just like the prodigal son and it could be a prodigal daughter repent come back God will hug you pull you in close and just give you a God squeeze of love that would just soften your bones. He squeezes so tight. He's got good hugs. And then he will kiss you and put you back at that arm's length and look you right in the eye. And he's got that little crooked smile. And he says, I love you. I forgive you. And you're back. That's all it takes, brothers and sisters. But God will not leave nor forsake. Doesn't matter what you do. Just come back. God does not walk away. And when those maybe strangers come to you, 
and I brought up that alcoholic part because I have that thing. God, God gifted it to me. I, I believe, I believe that he did. Um, it's not a bragging by any means at all because sometimes actually it hurts my heart. And I think he knows that. And I think he, he purposed it that way for a reason. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't quite figured that out. But I need to not wrap my head around it. Because, see, God's ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And it's not for me to try to figure out what the purpose is. It's not for any single one of us to try to figure out what the purpose that God has in doing anything. We have a finite mind. And in trying to figure it out on our level of thought process is it doesn't it doesn't have any calculations it doesn't have any purpose there's no reason to it don't try to figure out what god's up to because first of all it's none of your business second of all it's god our father and he's not going to do something that's going to harm you and if it's something that is a difficulty or a tenuous walk he's still there with you and he's not going to let you get hurt he's going to bring you through and it's a lesson instead of whining and crying and say why lord why 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 are you allowing this to happen now god what did i ever do well if you really want to think about it you'll find it but don't do that say god what are you trying to teach me through this you're teaching me something. Holy Spirit, show me. The Holy Spirit will answer and show you. So I share that with you again because that discerning part is that, and you'd only know this if you were, if you were a, been in my position, but you can smell the alcohol on somebody. And it's not just on them. They, it's not like they spilled it, but you can smell it in them it becomes part of them and they don't recognize it because it's in them but it permeates their pores and you can actually smile so i'm i'm a i'm discerning with who i give my funds to and i share with and, and i've had some that come up and they're oh, just hungry i want to eat i said well let me get you some food because i smell this i said come on i'll feed you let's get food Man, I just want, I just need the money. I need the money. I'll go in and get what I want. I said, no, come on. I'll, I'll buy you whatever you want to eat. Let's go. Oh, and then it turns to the aggressive, cussing, cursory expletives and the attitude. Because they didn't want the money for food. They didn't want it for something that could be helpful. They wanted to go in and drink. And then they start with that. And then I, I just give them a quick rebuke. And I say, let me tell you. And I get them, I get that. When they get the eye lock, they stop. And I said, brother, and I've had a couple women this way, but usually men. I said, let me share this with you. I said, I'm an alcoholic. So you're trying to hide what you're doing from me doesn't work. And I can smell you. I smell it. I said, I have no problem with feeding you and helping you out of the way, but I am not going to give you money and for you to get upset because I'm not going to help you go farther down than you already are. I said, I, I have no problem helping you and feeding you, but I'm not going to give you money so you can go in and get more booze. And they don't know how to respond, and they usually don't. And sometimes they'll walk away and it's, oh, yeah, blah, blah, and then they keep cussing because they didn't get what they wanted. 
but you know god's given me that tool so and and sometimes it's not even just a conversation doesn't even sue it's just a matter of you know what brother or sister i i'm not going to give you money i said i'll feed you i'll help you that way i said but i'm not going to give you money and once in a while again then the cussing and all that stuff goes or they just walk away and they grumble because it didn't work. So God has allowed me to be that way. And when that discernment comes out with others that, you know, I, I can feel some things that are going on in their hearts that sometimes can be painful, it's hurtful, but I know that I need to be in prayer. And I think that God does that because sometimes we need prayer and we're not sure who to talk to or how to talk to somebody. And he gives me that because he knows that I come and I talk to him and that I will. So thank you, Father God, for that. And sometimes, sometimes, Father, it hurts. But I think you did that for a, a whatever your purpose is, for Abba Yahweh, it doesn't matter. Your will be done. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and in my life. Father God, I want that strength to continue that strength no matter what. And as we continue in Hebrews 13, sorry, a little sidetracked there with God. But it it talks about a lot of things that, that we need to be. Marriage is honorable in all on the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. It will happen. Don't fall into that hypocrite thing. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's not going anywhere, brothers and sisters. When we think that God leaves, that's because we've turned away. We've turned aside. And he's out of our view, but he's not gone. The greatest distance God ever leaves, all you have to do is turn your head to the side. You don't even have to do that. That's, that's a great effort. That's how God is all around us all the time. Don't even have to turn your head. But if you turn your head and you just say his name, he's, he's walking right beside us all the time. Even if you don't see, he's there. This is faith, brothers and sisters. This is the faith that we need to have. And sadly, there are many that are just throwing that away. They're throwing their faith away and walking away from God, literally walking away from God. This is the falling out that the Bible talks about. The falling away, the Bible predicts before the coming of the Son of Man. Brothers and sisters, the falling away, it hurts my heart deeply. And there are those that are within. They go to church, as I shared with you, they go to church as a clubhouse. And I know this is true because <laughs> I hear this muttering about, oh man, you see how they're dressed? Oh my gosh, I can't believe that they came to church that way. I've heard that. Ooh, do you smell that? Man, who was that? And they start running off at the mouth and they start downplaying, belittling, degrading. Brothers and sisters, that's not Christianity. That's not true Christianity. That's not true fellowship. 
we fellowship, perhaps that person has no ability to bathe, but they have clean clothes, not able to press them because they're living out of a duffel bag or a backpack. And who are you to judge? Who are you, who are we to judge them for anything? Do you know how they got there? Do you know what their walk was that got them where they are now? No. So judge not, lest ye be judged. It's not our place to judge individuals. Even those drunks, I'm not, I pray for them. I'm not going to give money to continue to drink that, but I'm not going to judge them. I don't know what their walk was to get them there. My walk was, <coughs> pardon me, and my choice to dive into that was because I thought it was a better drug than other drugs. I didn't want to do cocaine and heroin and all that stuff that some of my fellow veterans went into and they chose those drugs as an escape. I chose alcohol because it was easier to get and cheaper to get and it was more acceptable back in the day. Now, of course, you can just smoke pot to your heart's content and, you know, they use it for medicinal purposes and hang out at home and smoke. And some of them have taken it to the extreme that, oh, they have their little cards, so now they can just smoke anywhere they want to. Well, it doesn't quite work that way, but that's what they do. But just like booze. So that was my drug of choice. But the individuals, the point that I'm making here is that who are we to judge for whatever their walk was that got them to the point that they're in? I've shared with you that that gentleman that, that rides and it took a long time to break him into a conversation, but how did that happen? I didn't hammer at him. I just was kind to him. I greeted him all the time. I thanked him for riding. And pretty soon he broke down and he saw the genuineness in what I was saying. And it wasn't just on a little cue card that I pulled up and said, oh, how are you today? Thank you for riding with me today. Hope you have a nice day. Thank you. It wasn't mechanical. It was real and genuine. And I did. I feel that. Well, the guy's got multiple PhDs, brothers and sisters. He lost his entire family. His entire family, and he's the only one left when he was on a sabbatical summit, um, seminar trip and learned that his house that he had burnt completely up and consumed his entire family, his entire family, and he's the only lone survivor. And now he walks. But He's opened up to me. We have conversations about a lot of things. And I can hear the intellect that comes out of him, even about what some people will consider to be a minimal thing. But he's knowledgeable. That knowledge that he has in there. And the collection of that knowledge has become wisdom in many things. And how are you going to know that if you don't entertain him? How is one to know that? Others have shut him down and are cruel and mean to him. And he shared that with me. And he won't talk with them because they're not nice. Brothers and sisters, I was just doing the right thing. I wasn't doing anything except I didn't think it was. But here in the word, it tells us that we are to do that very thing. And I am following what God says to do. And I, I appreciate that. 
so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. So, brethren and sisters, we have to consider elders and leaders in the church But what this is telling us is that we pay attention to what's being said. Try by the Spirit and know the truth. And be confident in the truth and that faith. And that they are leading by good example. And that we can imitate them. My little sidebar note over here in my study Bible says good example and spiritual imitation. So that if we know that they're speaking truth, they know that they're speaking knowledge and wisely, imitate that. You don't have to copy verbatim and you don't have to plagiarize anything that they say or that they do. But you imitate them because it's a good example. Just like with Jesus Christ. He is our example follow him, reflect his light. Remember, you can reflect theirs. These teachers are in a position to do so and the elders are in a position to do so because God established that. Remember, we all have the same gift, brothers and sisters, and we all have the same calling. I'm sorry, let me rephrase. We're not gifted the same, we have the same calling. And each gift that we have, one might have a gift of administrations. One might be having the gift of um, preaching, teaching, the anointing, anointing, the gifts that God bestows and has us do in the strength that one of us might be a better teacher. One of us might be better at administration. One of us might be better at math. Oh, then you become a church bookkeeper. One might be better at public speaking. So then you get up and you have an opportunity to share that. Each gift and each anointing is different, but we're all called for the same purpose, and that's to share the gospel of God the Father and Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God the Father, maker of all things made. That's our purpose, and that's what he desires that we do. And not just with buddies and friends, quote unquote, but that we entertain those people. We don't, I don't know what the guise is on this man. I know that his heart was hurting and he had no one to reach out to. And that if just a short conversation keeps him in touch with other parts of the world, because he walks in silence so often. But he talks with me. And I appreciate the fact that God is showing something out in me that he can see and has drawn him out of the shell that he created. And brothers and sisters, many shells that we have around us, we create them. We create them either to shut ourselves in and shut other people out. Lay it down, let it go. We need to do that. And continuing in verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever, be not carried away with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart 
be established with grace, not with meats which have not been which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. What does that mean? Well, in the formalized doctrines that many false teachers profess, false doctrines that draw others into and become, remember Jesus Christ established the fact well on that he didn't like religion. And why didn't he like religion? Because it containerized God. And what they're talking about, these meats, and it hasn't profited. They didn't learn anything because they ritualized so much. And it is of no profit because it doesn't... What sanctification is there? None. It doesn't come back. Why? Because it's empty. Why? Because it's ritualized. And they do it just because it's what they are saying to do. It isn't honest praise. It isn't honor glorification. It isn't honest. And if we jump over here to verse 15, 16 in Hebrews 13, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So don't forget those around us. Communicate with them. Communication is generally denoting a two-way. It's kind of hard for us right now, brothers and sisters, because God is putting me on this platform, so I'm giving you this. But communication is a two-way street. Communication. Remember the word communion, commune, as um, we go into Ephesians in, in uh, chapter 2 of Ephesians, which is being taught at my home church right now. And it's been pointed out, this is a, about as much about communion as Matthew, Mark, and Luke and the upper room and the breaking of the bread. Unification, communication, we break down the walls and barriers and we all sup at the same table. There is no black and white, yellow. I remember that song when I was a kid, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves all the children of the world. It doesn't matter what the tonation of the skin is, brothers and sisters. The character of our heart is what we decide. The tonation of the skin, God decided. So that being said, we're all at the same table. Communion, communing, communicating. We have to bring people in. We can't shut them out, brothers and sisters. And we don't know if we entertain angels. We don't know that. So... I'm going to share two in Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to go down here to uh, 1010 actually. That in 1010, by the which will we are sacrificed, sanctified 
through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Hmm. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oft times the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting, till his enemies be made his footstool. For by our offering, by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. So by his one sacrifice and our acceptance that we are assured. But the thing of it is you have to believe and have faith. And if you slip, get up, dust off, and repent. Period. Remember, God does not point his finger. He does not condemn. That is of the enemy. And the devil so much works on this thing. And he does that with me. When I slip, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, I get there and the little, the doggone little critters, boy, they get up there in that act and they start kicking around. They want to get in that uh, head trip thing and get you thinking, that, man, I can't possibly get in the word of God today. How can I do that after I just did this? How can I talk to God after I just did that? And these are the thoughts that come into our minds. And I know they enter your mind as well as they do mine. And they did with David. And it's with Solomon, as with Daniel. Brothers and sisters, it's not something new. The mind is the weakest point of attack and the enemy knows that. But we have the helmet of salvation and renewing of our mind and reminding ourselves and repenting and meditating on the word of God and the truth that we can kick those little buggers out and tear down the foundations that they want to establish and there are those that are not breaking down the foundations. They're not rebuking. They're not fighting. They just give up. And then those foundations become a stronghold. And those strongholds, then those individuals just throw up their arms and their shrug their shoulders and they walk away. They become discouraged. They become dismayed and they just walk away. The falling out, the falling away. It's happening, brothers and sisters. It's real. It's not something being made up. Here's Jesus Christ is talking in John 15. And I'm going to start in verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your, your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. So now this comes back to friendship. Are you willing? Are they willing? Further, verse 14, ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. Wow. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you 
and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world... The world would love its own, but because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. <coughs> if I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. <coughs> what Jesus Christ is talking to his disciples, and we are his disciples, so what he said then, he says now, and it is true now as it was then. So the reason they didn't have sin in their own eyes is because it was cloaked. It wasn't made known to them. And that's much the way it is now, brothers and sisters. You know that's true. Until it gets pointed out to you, you don't know that you're doing something many times. Um, it happens that way sometimes with at work. I think that I'm doing something very good and, and it's pointed out that it's not. Sometimes the... Uh, Pardon my vernacular, but the the ding dong <laughs> doesn't exactly use it in in uh, very doesn't do it very well, and uh, they like their position of authority much more than they do their um, they have compassion. They just like being bossy, and there are individuals like that. But I have to go beyond that. I have to let that part go. It's kind of hard to do because. You have to understand or try to understand this, okay? I was in the military for quite a long time. I was also a staff NCO, which means that I was in charge of a lot of things and many times. And many of my classes were as large as many of the employees that are at my company. And what these self-proclaimed, some of them authoritarians, um, are into, and, and you can tell that there are those that understand that it's it's a team and it's a tag team effort, and then there are those that don't get that and they just like being bossy. You can you can know, but in my experience, that you you have to be. Sometimes you have to be a, an authoritarian, which means that you have to be a little bit more demanding. But at the same time, you don't have to be. Um, you don't have to be a donkey's behind about it. And there are some that, that just don't get that. And this is what um, this is what Jesus was talking about his disciples, that these things are cloaked. You don't see them because you don't think that you're doing anything wrong. But when he revealed the truth, all of a sudden it's illuminated. And this is also what he talks about in the light and the darkness and how the demons don't like the light because they can be seen and their efforts and their actions are being seen. And there are individuals that don't like being out in the light. And that light would be in the word of God. And why? Because they're being illuminated and being shown out for what they really are. And individuals don't like that. That revelation they don't appreciate. But brothers and sisters, 
if we walk in his light and we share the truth, the righteousness of his truth will establish our walk. And remember that in Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6, I believe it is, that our walk is established and our path is sure if we speak in righteousness, if we seek righteousness, if we are righteous in what we say do, our footpath is established. The enemy comes and tries to knock us off whenever he can, however he can. And the closer our walk with God, it doesn't become any easier. Brothers and sisters, I testify this to you. It is not any easier. The enemy works hard on me and tries to get things, because, and he knows what our weaknesses are. Brothers and sisters, we are being watched all the time, not only on the uh, temporal plane of existence here where we are that others watch us physically, but in the spiritual realm, we are being watched. Trust me in this, it's true. The enemy watches all the time, knows what our weaknesses are, establishes an attack using those weaknesses. This is why we must hold on to the hand, the mighty, righteous right hand of God and walk in faith, not by sight. This gives us the power and the authority that we have been given by Jesus Christ. The breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the truth, shod in the preparation of the gospel, the word of God, and our helmet of salvation is to keep our minds set on the fact that Jesus Christ came and sacrificed himself. Our friend came and died for us. No greater gift can anyone give than to lay down their life for a friend. No greater gift. And in this realm that I know that this is why I have a couple emotional support dogs. And this is what the enemy comes at me with sometimes in this weakness because of my friends that I know. And sometimes I feel like I should have gone with them. And why didn't I? And then I start questioning because God didn't have that planned. And I can't say and try to figure out, well, why did God let that? Why did God this one? It's none of my business. God has a plan. My faith tells me that the detour in the road is the road. And I need to continue walking in that existence and not trying to figure it out with my finite mind. We have to let it go. Let it go, brothers and sisters, and lay it down at the altar and let it go. Remember, if you ball your hand up in a fist, no matter how you do it, if you put your thumb over your fingers or you put it beside the forefinger and you look, when you try to look in the end, there's not a lot of room in there. You can't even see anything in there. You can't see in your fist. And how much are you going to be able to carry with that? But when you open it up, a whole lot more space and your fingers spread out, you can carry stuff. God desires to bless. He desires that his children would be able to thrive, not just merely exist. And you can do that a whole lot better if you open up your hands. Trust me in that, brothers and sisters. 
I love you. I pray for you on my going out, my coming in. Have a blessed day. Have a great day. It's going to be a beautiful day. It's a day that the Lord has made.